I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as foils attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all the podcast, and welcome to another brand new Nerd Alert. Today, it's going to be a fun episode. We are bringing back uh, a, a creator favorite episode, because... It requires us to do the least amount of homework. <laughs> we are bringing back staff picks. Yep, just like we used to walk into the video store. If you're old enough to remember video stores being a thing, uh, you'd walk in. There'd be a, the little section by the register, which you know, staff picks the employees recommending stuff you should rent and check out. That's what we're doing on today's show. Uh, we did this previously with uh, comic books. Took me a second. So today we're going to shift gears a little bit. Today is Staff Picks Gaming Edition. Uh, stipulations are very, very simple. It has to be a game. And it has to be something you recommend. It doesn't have to be new. It's new to you. Something you're enjoying playing and you'd recommend other people. That's it. That's the criteria. So with that, let me introduce the people who are going to be discussing and recommending fun, cool games with me. First up, ladies and gentlemen... Please welcome to the bridge, the man who keeps the nerd in the top nerd to me network. Ladies and gentlemen, Commander Scott. So I recently learned about a very interesting individual. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? No. His name. I was going to try and make that joke. Whenever we go out. Yeah. People always shout. <laughs> um. No, I may there it. goes John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> Next time, warn me before you do that so I can take my headphones off. <laughs> I I would appreciate that. Thank you. Sorry. Um, no, uh, and I may butcher this name, and I apologize if I do, but Tsutomu Yamaguchi. Um a uh, gentleman of uh, Japanese nationality who was born on uh, 16 March 1916. He passed away on January 4th, 2010 at the age of 93. He hung in there, didn't he? He did. So um, I bring him up because in the summer of 1945... He was in the city of Hiroshima for a three-month-long business trip. Which, of course, uh, on uh, August 6th, he was preparing to leave the city with his two 
work colleagues. Uh, at 8.15 a.m., he was walking toward the docks when the American B-29 bomber, the Enola Gay, dropped the little boy atomic bomb near the center of the city, which was about two miles-ish away from where he was. He recalled seeing the bomber and two small parachutes before there was, quote, a great flash in the sky and I was blown over. Ruptured his eardrums, blinded him temporarily, left him with serious radiation burns uh, over the left side and top half of his body. He crawled to a shelter, and then after resting for a bit, he set out to find his colleagues, who had also survived. Uh, the, together, they spent the, the evening in an air raid shelter, um, and the next morning, they returned home to where they lived and worked primarily in Nagasaki, to which he reported to work. On August 9th, 1945, in Nagasaki. And at 11 a.m., the American bomber boxcar dropped the Fat Man atomic bomb over the city. His workplace, again, put him about three kilometers. Um, uh, I'm not sure how many that is in miles. I don't have the Yeah, about about two miles away again, same, same distance. Uh... This time, however, he was unhurt by the explosion. Uh, however, he was uh, unable to replace his now ruined bandages, and he suffered from a high fever and continuous vomiting for over a week. Uh, while many people were affected by both the uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs, um, Tsutomu Yamaguchi is the only person uh, officially recognized by the government of Japan to have been present and survived both atomic blasts. <laughs> wow. How unlucky. In one, well, or lucky. I mean, yeah, it just depends on how you look at it. <laughs> I was about to make the joke, worst business trip ever, and then ask, but did he come in on Monday? But yeah, no, he did. He went he in did. on Monday. He did. He went in on Monday. Not only did he get survive an atomic blast, but he did not stay home. He reported to work. Uh, and Scott, three kilometers is 1.86 and change miles. Yep, that would be why I said approximately two miles. Ah, I just, I I wanted to go to a unit converter and, and see what it was precisely, so I... That's no, I stop, stop, no, no math. Stop it right now. So if you want to do that longhand, Jay... I didn't convert it by hand, no. But if you did want to do that, how would you achieve such a mathematical feat? Well, the first thing you need to figure out is how many kilometers are in one mile. And you, you <laughs> use that ratio. And you set yourself up a proportion. <laughs> we're, we're good, John. John, we're good here. We, uh, we're good. Uh, Obi-John has come off headphones, so he can't actually hear us, you know, not talking about math anymore. <laughs> So, you know, uh, but uh, and then so what I, you got to do is you move the decimal yeah. a few more. <laughs> <sighs> I try to rein them in, folks. I really do. Anyway, let me finish out in the introductions. Let's get this show on the road. Uh, so that was the Commander Scott. And let me welcome to the show. Joining us 
from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via the DeLorean, uh, bringing his dog this week. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Doc. I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. If you don't mind, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this effing couch. I thought about doing that one, but I... That's a good one, too. <coughs> but yes, Welcome, Jack. Megan is babysitting right now, so the door is open, so the dog is wandering in and out as she pleases, and being weird like she is but surprisingly awake so if you hear weird sounds in the background it's probably just jay's dog if you hear flapping flapping of like sounds like somebody drying out a towel you know old school like snapping of a towel that's her shaking her head violently (laughs) that's what it sounds like in audio form yeah shaking a towel anyway i don't know Like I said, this week's topic is a Staff Picks Gaming Edition. Uh, we're just going to talk about games we recommend and why we like them and why we recommend them to you. So with that being said, does anybody want to jump in first with the first recommendation? Okay, I'll go then. Uh, Jay. Yeah. Start with video games or board games? Whatever. I have... Uh, okay, I have three heard, video games in a board. What I heard game. was card games. So here oh. we go. Card games, got it. My first recommendation, and I thought I probably talked about this on the show before, uh, but I really, really enjoy this game. It is called Dungeon Raiders. It is a card game by Devir, Devir, D-E-V-I-R Games. Uh, you can get this for about thirty bucks on Amazon. I think it's less than that in gaming stores. I think Amazon's got the price jacked up a little bit. Uh, this is a cooperative but also competitive card game for three to five players. Basically, what you do is you 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 create a deck, start of the game. That's your dungeon. Uh, and every game, every time you play, uh, your dungeon is going to be randomized by the cards you shuffle and pick, and your final boss fight is going to be different based on shuffling and selecting one card. So no two dungeons are ever exactly the same. You then hand out character cards to your three to five people who are playing. Uh, there are different classes you play. There's a wizard, there's a barbarian, there's a thief. Uh, there's a couple I was forgetting about. Uh, but they all start with different bonuses. Um, and then, basically, you lay out five cards. There's five floors, five rooms each. And those, that's the deck you lay out. Some cards are face up, some cards are face down. So you may not know what room you're going into next when you're raiding this dungeon. Uh, and like I said, it's cooperative, but also competitive. Like uh, the way I like to, d- to describe it to people when I'm teaching it is, hey, so we're all going to raid this dungeon together. But at the end, there's going to be a winner and a loser. But we're all raiding together. <laughs> so basically, you want to finish the dungeon with the most gold and the least amount of wounds uh, compared to the other three to five people you're playing with. Um Depending how many people are playing, the person with the most wounds is dead. They're right out. Forget it. They're done. Uh, and then you divvy up gold from there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very good. It's, out, sorry. it's semi-cooperative. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you want to get to your advantage to get through the dungeon. Yeah. And and, and I know in, the, in, you know, of course, in the world of board games and card games, one of the one of the ongoing jokes when you describe a game to somebody is it's it, it's at its core. It's a trick taking game. But 
joking aside, this one at its core is a trick-taking game because you're 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 collectively trying to defeat whatever monster or trap is there while at the same time catching most the the most reward. Because um, you, you can't just hose everybody. Because if you just hose everybody all the time, you're not going to make it out uh, and everything. So you, you have to risk versus reward. You have to try and find that balance of, of cooperation with other players while at the same time positioning yourself to get the biggest rewards. It really is an interesting dynamic for a semi-cooperative game. So every yeah. player has a hand of five cards, and they're numbered one through five. And each room you come into, those are the cards you're playing for that room. So if it's an enemy, uh, you collectively have to get a certain score to beat that enemy. If you don't beat that enemy, whoever put the lowest number is the one who gets the wounds. So like Scott said, you can't just keep undercutting people uh, the entire game and, and not come away unscathed. So again, very simple, but really fun, uh, especially once you get through the first, maybe second floor of the dungeon and people get, oh, I see how this works. Okay. Uh, there's magic items that help skew stuff. There's, you know, crystal balls and swords and maps and health potions and stuff to help increase your gold and decrease your wounds and all that. Uh, but a really fun game. I discovered this uh, three years ago at Gen Con. Um, Super fun game, very quick and easy. Uh, it's something I love getting out when we have people who are just kind of sitting around, you know, waiting to kill time. Uh, Dungeon Raiders, check it out. Yeah, I, I played this one with you, I think at LCTC this year. Sounds right. One of those nights uh, when Megan and I came over and you pitched it to me as, oh, yeah, we're going to work together. Sort of. Like, and then I felt like, I was like, oh, yeah, we're working together to get through this dungeon. And then at the end, I felt very, very slighted. I was like, this is this is crap. I feel like <laughs> I've, like, this hey, is not fair. We got through the dungeon. You died, but we got through the dungeon. You died yeah. outside of the dungeon. So we did, we, we got through it. I oh, like you're how... dead. That's what, that's just how it went. Like, oh, you're dead. No explanation of it. It's just, oh, you're dead. Thanks, John. I love Obi John's like, this is a good game. You should check it out. And the doc is like, this is crap. Don't even bother. It's just it's complete crap. It's a horse shit game is all it is. <laughs> I just thought telling people, no, it's cooperative. It's fun. We're all going to get through this dungeon together. But at the end, there's going to be a winner. Uh, so that's my first pick, Dungeon Raiders fun oh, card game. Check it out. Who wants to go next? Uh, so I'm going to switch gears. Um, back, boy, I don't know when this would have been. Back in like January, February maybe. Uh, I downloaded a, mod or a Call of Duty game that I hadn't played in a while. Um, World War II. And I was playing that, and uh, I liked the campaign. I wasn't a huge fan of the multiplayer. And uh, Commander Scott was like, well, hey, you know, I've been playing Modern Warfare 2. So I downloaded that, and that's my first pick. Because, boy, I've been playing the shit out of that. You I really have. Um, and I enjoy it. Even though I do get frustrated, that's my competitive nature. I just can't turn off my competitive nature. Yeah, once again, you could have fooled me on the enjoyment part of it. Cause... I really do enjoy it. I enjoy 
I enjoy leveling up the guns. I enjoy changing my load loadouts. I enjoy trying to get the daily challenges done uh, all in the multiplayer. Um, again, I have a very, very competitive nature where I get very, very frustrated and actually pissed off a lot of times. Yep. Um, and then and then he yells at me for trying to, you know, de-escalate, to try and calm him down, to try and... <laughs> Make him not be upset. He verbally abuses me. I just want to. It's the it's the it's the classic the classic trend of what's the worst thing you can tell somebody to do when they're already in a bad mood? Tell them to calm down. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a wonder people do that. Um. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm just on, you know, just trying to enjoy a nice evening with my my buddies and chat and everything. And here I am. Just, we'll teach you. Just kidding, you know. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I will have to say, Jay, uh, in my opinion, uh, and I've played many of the Call of Duties, uh, Modern Warfare 2, the, the designers and stuff have done a good job uh, with this one of kind of fixing the multiplayer aspects that were a bit broken in previous ones, specifically yeah. uh, quickscoping. Yes. Um, while I have seen a couple of people kill, you know, on, on my kill screen, get me with what I might consider a quick scope because it was really fast. Uh, it's not like it was where you know, like like in like in World War Two, we were playing oh. World War Two. You know, you would you would see them literally just about everybody had a damn sniper rifle, and they would they would pull up the scope and like before the image even resolved, you know, into into their sight picture uh they were pulling the trigger and they got a kill which is the the the, the definitive quick scoping even the ones in modern warfare 2 which are really fast kills with a scope i still wouldn't consider them full-on quick scoping because a sight picture does fully resolve they're just really good about like pre-aiming like they know yeah. about where to you know put their scope so that when they pull it up it's going to be center mass and they can the ones the trigger the ones I've seen the most of where I would say it's really fast with the sniper rifle, they tend to start low and as they're coming up with the scope, they're raising their target and yes. pulling the trigger once their sight yes. is realized. And so it's usually com- center mass. They're coming in center mass. Yeah. Yeah. But um, like I said, it's, I, it's just my competitive nature. I'm sorry. I can't turn it off. I get frustrated and I, I just I get frustrated with myself. I feel like I should do better. My rounds go up and down. Uh, sometimes I'll, you know, do really well. Sometimes I won't. See now, and and I try to help you, Jay, by playing nice, relaxing music in the background, you know, and stuff. But some Doctor Teeth and Electric Mayhem, some Blues a, Brothers. I, 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 can, I see. I can, I can throw that on now if you want. I mean, I'm. We'll get hit for copyright. Don't you dare. Oh no! I saw John making a weird face. Uh, you do know there's a disclaimer that online gameplay may vary, right? So, yes. Jay, you're going to have bad rounds. Oh, I know. I'm aware. But again, you're going to get slaughtered. It's again, it's my competitive nature. I've tried. I've I'm trying. I'm really trying harder to not but let it get to me. Literally but, 10 minutes later when a new match starts, it won't matter. I'm, I'm aware this isn't an intervention this isn't a self-help it's this actually is an intervention we're jay, glad you're here jay. doc jay this is a safe space we just want you to know this you're loved here oh, we're all God. here because we anyway, care about you no moving joke. on with my pick 
Uh, I don't just enjoy the multiplayer. I finished the online, or not the online, the campaign. I got through the campaign, the whole campaign. It was one of the first things I did before the multiplayer. Um, and a lot of the things I like about the campaign is that it really, really has a variety of missions. Sometimes it's a gung-ho, shoot 'em up balls-to-the-wall action set piece, and sometimes you got to creep around a neighborhood in Central America trying to uh, evade no. capture or murder from Shadow Company. No. Um, and one thing I really liked about that was the ability to craft things. Like, you had to... You get a come up with parts and pieces to put together like you can make a smoke bomb you can make mines you can make a prying tool uh, this is just in one level and you do this in a few different levels um i also enjoyed one mission where you literally couldn't shoot anybody the whole time you had to do like silent kills you're sneaking around this like villa and uh that was actually a lot of fun for me I know that's weird because usually I'm a balls to the wall, shoot them up, give me all the guns type person. But this sort of sneaking around covert operation was nice. And I thought it was a nice blend. Um, you don't always play the same character, so you get to switch between characters. Um, I was a fan of the campaign. I enjoyed the campaign. I enjoyed the story. There's just a few holes in the story that weren't quite filled. Like there's a turn, uh, sort of like a twist, backstabby part that didn't really make sense to me um but i still really enjoyed it it could be tied into the storyline for modern warfare yeah that's the and that's the thing is i i have not played the modern warfare the the reimagined one um and what i really enjoy about modern warfare too is that it was also the game that i got into back when i used to play modern warfare and call of duty games and first started was Modern Warfare 2 and then Modern Warfare 3. And eventually I went back and got the first Modern Warfare. Seems to be a trend. I always jump in at the wrong spot. I don't think Modern Warfare 3 is out yet. No, no, the old Modern Warfare 3. There's an old Modern Warfare 3? Yes. Okay. Yes. Confused. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying no. I'm saying I'm confused. I, I don't know. There was an old Modern Warfare 3, which was a continuation of the storyline from Modern Warfare 2, where at the end of Modern Warfare 3, you're Captain Price, and you invade uh, like a hotel with some with one of your associates, I think it's Nikolai, and you're in juggernaut suits. So these Modern Warfares are reinvention, reimaginings of the other Modern Warfares. I don't think so. I think you're, you're you're a little off. Hang on. I'm looking. I, I'm not saying you're not. Keep switching I, I, titles. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I'm sorry. Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three. Okay. Uh, PlayStation yeah. Three. Yeah. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Okay. This topic is worse than the Rainbow series. I think Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Okay. So the first Modern Warfare was Call of Duty, Call Duty 4, 4 Modern War Warfare. And then the next Modern Warfare was just Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Well, wow, this is just really dumb titling. Yeah, there was like so 
Call of Duty Four was Modern Warfare. Was and modern, then, yeah. Then yeah. there was then it was just Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Yep, yep. And then there was Call of Duty MW Three. Uh, which which the, the the source I'm looking at here still calls it Modern Warfare Three, but yes, yes. yeah, yeah. The t- the disc was MW Three, but um, yeah, I played all three of those originals. So when these ones came out, I would I would like to go back and get the first Modern Warfare that came out in what like 2019, I think. Oh wait, you mean the 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 you mean the second. Modern Warfare. Sorry, the PS4 Modern Warfare. <laughs> I would like to go back and play that campaign. But uh God. yeah. I think Obi John's with me though on the, the daily challenges. It's a fun struggle. Uh struggle. I'll yeah. say this. The game is we yeah, we started playing World War II was it last year because it was like 20 bucks. And that was fun. I hadn't really played a first person shooter for a while. It was fun to get into like the multiplayer stuff and then when we made the we made we eventually quit uh world war ii because of the quick scoping and it was not fun anymore and the game base was starting to shrink a bit so thanks to commander scott we all jumped ship to the, the current modern warfare 2 yes whatever the fuck it's called <laughs> modern warfare 2 rambo part 3 commando begins or whatever it is um and it, it, there's no looking back. Uh, it's clearly, obviously, yeah, it's a later game, and it's kind of in the flagship of, of the Call of Duty uh, franchise, but it's for a reason. Um, the the weapon customizations is cool. Um, there's plenty of new guns coming in to keep you, uh, you know, nerds like us happy. Uh, keep leveling up stuff. Keep unlocking new skins. Um, if you're if you time it right and play enough, you can earn enough. Um, whatever it's called, CP. Um, CP yeah, yeah. It, within the season you're playing now, to purchase the next seasons without having to spend any actual money or very little. I think this 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 current season we're on, I had to spend like two bucks. Um, so yeah, it, it's a lot of the my fears for what current Call of Duty would be like were thrown out the window once we started playing and in there and in a good way. Uh, it's not a play to win kind of thing. It's all cosmetic stuff. Yeah, you can purchase new guns that have like a blue laser on them and, you know, skins that are from a TV show or something, but really it doesn't give you any competitive edge. It's just cosmetic stuff. Um, and it's not all play to win. There's plenty of ways to earn currency within playing the game itself. Uh, lots of cool different game modes. If certain people would download the entire game, we could try playing more than just quick play. But no, it's a fun game. It's It's really good time. Um, my my favorite Call of Duty moment though has to be last night when he told me to take the dogs out. So I put my headphones on here and said, "All right, here, play." And coming back last to watch, night or was, was that a uh... couple nights ago? Whenever yeah. it was, uh, coming in to watch Whitney try to play Call of Duty was hilarious. And and she gets on me for being loud, uh, which I know I can be. Sorry, I get frustrated when I scream. It happens, but literally, she had the controller in her hands, not even sixty seconds. And ah, shit! See, see, see! It's the game that does it to you. Uh, yeah, it's been a fun game. It's gonna been a good. I've got my money's worth out of it, so it's it's always a good sign for a game. And that's all that matters. Mm. Oh well. 
Uh, Commander I, Scott. I enjoy it. It's fun. See, I don't know which way to go now. You know, for for a for a staff pick because we've gotten a board game and we've gotten a video game and well, we got a card game. I'm you know, sensing an RPG coming. You said what? Wrong. From oh. Scott, he doesn't play those. That's very true. I don't play those. I he just, just buys, buys the books. The, he never plays them. He just them. buys the books, and then we have a session zero, and we never play it again. If we oh, even get to session zero. Now that's not entirely fair, sir. You all had at least three sessions of uh, Star Wars, your Star Wars campaign. Thank you very much. I have. A, yeah. I'm pretty sure I have a Marvel Hulk character out there somewhere. Uh, you you have a Marvel character from a beta that we played because I, just, I wanted to try the beta. The Star Wars character, I think. That we I played multiple pirate. sessions of. There's a what? pirate out there somewhere. We're yeah, on the first page John's captain. We did yeah, one or two C. sessions of 7C? We did two sessions of 7C. Okay. And stuff. Thank you very much, sir. It's not my fault that we all have many interests, and I squirrel a lot, all right? So what is your actual first staff pick? I, I can't help. Um, I'm actually going. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna switch complete gears on everybody. I'm gonna bring up a game type that probably most of our listeners uh, and you all don't even know exists. Scott, sex games aren't for this show. We talked about this. That's the after show. Okay, so my second pick is. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> No, so uh, you all are at least familiar with uh, Magic the Gathering, correct? I know what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I have heard of, people, of it. A lot of people have heard of it. They're somewhat familiar with it. It's 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 what I call a collectible card game. Uh, some people have called it a uh, trading card game. You could either way. It's you know you're buying pack random packs of cards to to bolster your collection that you can then build your decks of uh uh that that you then play against you know opponents and stuff but there is another type of game out there along the same same lines but instead of cards it's dice it is a collectible dice game okay and the game that i'm actually referring to is as far as i know and i don't think i'm wrong um, is the first collectible dice game that uh, that ever came out, and it uh, it's called Dragon Dice, and it was originally published by TSR, the company that made that originally made Dungeons and Dragons, um, um, in the early 1990s. Uh, I don't know the specific date. I, I want to say it's somewhere around 94. I think. Um, and so anyone who's played any, any type of uh, uh, role-playing game or anything knows that you know when you have uh, your dice, you have a, a full set of polyhedral dice. So you have uh, D4s, D6s, D8s, D10s, D12s, D20s. And... Uh, so not only does, does does this game use the different sides of dice to represent different aspects, like a D twenty is a dragon, like that's that's your big boy. Um, D sixes are your standard, you know, kind of like orcs and whatever your your foot soldiers. Um, 
D10s, I, I believe, are monsters. It's, it's been a while since I've done some of this. D4s are magical items that you can incorporate. And so you buy packs of these dice, and, and, you, and you get random packs of dice. And you have um, uh, uh, different races uh, that, that you can that you can play and collect. And, and they all have different faces. They don't have numbers on them. They have different faces and different symbols uh, and such. Uh, so it's set in the fictional world of, of Esfa, I think it's. Um, and, and some of the races, you've got coral elves, dwarves, lava elves, goblins, uh, I've got undead, Amazons, firewalkers, feral, swamp, uh, swamp stalkers, frost wings, scholars, tree folk, all kinds of different races you can collect and play. And, frost trolls? Uh, I don't see a frost troll in the list. I collect mainly dwarves. Um, go figure. What a shock! I know, right? Um, but not only do they have different sides, but there are different sizes. So like in a D6, which is your standard kind of troop, like if you look at the dwarves and everything like that, um, you've got small, medium, and large dice, and each of those sizes has different hit points. And when you put together your list, you know, you, you each one's worth a different point value. And so you build your your list which is then the dice that you bring to the field. And you have like a left flank, a right flank, and a center, and then a reserve. And you've got magic users. Um, and it is a very strategic game. Uh, <laughs> it's a wonderful game. Uh, so you're, you know, when, when, you, when you come to, you're going to activate a specific area of your battleground, you roll the dice that are in that battleground, and then you take actions based off of what symbols you have available to you. Uh, and such, and you can maneuver. Um, you've got ranged, ranged combat. You know, melee combat. Different ways to win. It really is a fun game, and uh, we originally picked it up. You know, back in like '95, I think something like that. And it was so far ahead of its time, it did not really do well uh, when it was originally released. But it was also kind of released at the kind of the waning time of TSR. And they released it. They came up with the game and they released it trying to kind of cash in on because because uh, Wizard because Magic the Gathering had started to become popular. You know, it, it exploded onto the scene and the collectible game. You could not throw a stone without hitting a collectible card game. So TSR wanted to do something a little different. Um it just was ahead of its time because there's there's a few different collectible dice games in the market now, and uh, of course in the early 2000s, uh, TSR uh, sold to Wizards of the Coast, uh, and uh, um, I, I we always thought the game was dead after that. It was gone. Was the TSR was gone? Wizards of the Coast was doing D and D third edition, and and all that good stuff. Well, uh, we found out about two years ago now, I think, a year and a half ago, that the game actually didn't die. That a small company called SFR Inc. bought Dragon Dice. Now, whether they bought Dragon Dice from TSR before the sellout to Wizards, or they bought it from Wizards just after the sellout, I don't know the exact timeline. 
And they have been publishing it ever since. It's still an active game. It's still actively being published. It's still actively being sold. It's still actively being supported. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it, it takes a minute to get into because you got to find the dice. Like you're not going to find them in your, you know, FLGS. Ah, see what I did there? No one else does, but you do. Yeah, that, that means friendly local gaming store. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I learned that today. Yeah, it's your friendly local gaming store. Uh, the odds of finding it in, in your local gaming store are are low. There's a few that will carry it, um, but SFR Inc. You know, online they sell you know boosters and starter sets uh, and everything. They've done some recent kickstarters to to launch new races and such. They hold all kinds of tournaments like at Gen Con and Origins uh, and stuff and and. Uh, it, it's still thriving. It's going. It's got a great following. Uh, and if you want just a, if, if first of all, if I understand a lot of people don't like the collectible aspect of certain things, I get that. Um, but if you like fantasy and you want something different and you want something extremely tactical, in, in like in a position of how you move pieces around on your board, be they miniatures or dice or whatever, this game's got it all. Uh, the spells are great. Um, the tactics are great. Uh, it's just a, it's just all around a really good game. I'm not saying it doesn't have its flaws, but you know everything has its flaws. But yeah. good. I've seen Scott lay out his army of dice before, and it's it's very impressive. Lots of different colored dice. Different colored dice, different oh. sides. Dice, different sides. Amazons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to be confused with the online. Everything seller. Ferals, firewalkers, yeah. frost wings. Yep. Yeah, frost wings are like a race of like like dragons or something. They're dragon kin uh, and such. Dragons. So dragons. If you if you bring dragons, they don't count toward your point cost. You can bring two dragons in in your army because they require a spell to summon to the board. But when they're on the board, they're going to attack pretty much anybody, yourselves included. So you have to think tactically about where you summon them, when you summon them. But there are some magical artifacts that will give you control over dragons if you can get everything to work out for you. So, yeah. These are very colorful dice. Very colorful dice. Once again, there's no numbers on the dice. It's all symbols, you know, uh, like each race has its own different uh, iconography for a ranged attack versus uh, a melee attack versus a maneuver, which is when you can you know move people from one area of the battlefield to the other, uh, and and that type of thing. And I suck at this game. I'm just gonna tell you, I'm, I'm horrible at it. Uh, we didn't say you had to be good. We just say you had to yeah. recommend it. Yeah, exactly. So it's a tabletop game, a collectible dice game, something most people aren't familiar with even exists as a type, but yeah. Currently, SFR Inc. has two Dragon Dice starters. They do. You can get a Firewalker Treefolk starter set, or you can make your own two-player starter set. Yeah, and that's something I really like. So they... 
they have their starter set. If you go onto their website and you get their starter f- starter set, you're going to get enough dice of two races plus a game mat for you and and your opponent to play, you know, play against each other on. Um they're not going to be like uber, you know, they're going to be a lot of uh you know, they're they're standard and stuff or if you don't like those two races, they have an option on their website where you can put together your own starter set. Of course, there's guidelines, but you can you pick which races that you want. Um, and such. And it's really good. Um, and of course, this, the the game mat that comes with the starter set is just kind of a poster material. You know that post that thick poster paper folded up and stuff. But they have the uh, uh, the neoprene game mats you can buy and stuff, which are really good. I think I've got two because I I kickstarted one of whatever they did the cross the. Uh, uh, the fro- uh, the frost frost wings. Uh, frost wings. Thank you. I kickstarted the frost wings. Uh, I backed them on that. I think they're getting ready to do another Kickstarter for a new race. Uh, here coming up soon. Well, there you go. Really good. Highly recommend. As if being into gaming didn't already promote you to buy way more dice than you need. It's yep. another game to justify your addiction. You love I, Get this I game. need dice. I need more dice. Sure, I have a set of dice, but I don't have this set of dice. Man, the dice. Exactly. And you, you don't have, you know, 750 dwarf dice. I don't. You're right. I just need one die, man. Just give me one die. I don't need the dice. I just need one die. I need a twenty, man. It's like a D ten. Like a D twelve is fine. It's fine. Just, just give me one. Just, just one look, die. Look, look. That's all. That's all Session I need. Session zero for dice, man. Okay, okay. Love it. Yeah, uh, this is a safe space. We want you to feel um, okay and fine with your dice addiction. I don't know what you're talking about. I can stop anytime I want. (laughs) This is when I wish you would have just rolled some dice. Just that would have been great. If you just I can continue. (laughs) I've got it. I've got them. I've got them right here. See, look at this. Look at this. I can I can quit anytime. Within within reach. (laughs) Well, all right. Let's keep on trucking then. Um, oh, about to me. Okay. Um, I'm going to jump in. Okay, we had a card game, a video game. But okay, I'll, I'm going to do an actual for real board game. Game with a board and pieces and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, one of my favorite games from one of my favorite gaming companies. Uh, and I'm going to plug it today because it has a brand new expansion set up for pre-order right now. Jay, what is perhaps our favorite movie of all time? Uh, Weekend at Bernie's. I was I was going to go, you know, Popeye with uh, uh, Robin Williams. Uh, aliens. Hey, got it in two oh. from Gale Force Nine Games. Aliens, Another Glorious Day in the Core, is a cooperative, I mean this time, cooperative, survival horror action game. 
If that sounds like a lot, it is. Because it, it so is the movie it's based on. Um, so this game, you're playing as the Colonial Marines uh, and other assorted characters in the movie Aliens on LV-426 with hordes of xenomorphs coming at you while you're trying to get uh, um, your mission objectives completed. Things like uh, saving certain people and, and, and finding characters and getting from one edge of the map to the other in some cases. Uh, all recreating scenarios from the movie. Uh, but the game does this in a really interesting way. The, we, the the survival horror aspect comes in. Yes, you're Marines. And you've got gear and guns and fun stuff in a car that lets you blow yourself up. Uh, but there's an economy system to it. Uh, you have all of your players are using the same deck. It's called the survival deck. And anytime you basically fire your weapon, you have to discard cards from either your hand or the survival deck. Some of those cards will get put back in. Some will not. So the more you do that kind of stuff, the, the more you deplete your options and your, your ammo reserve, basically. Uh, so sort of like, in again, from the movie itself, after the APC wreckage, yeah, they collected some guns and, 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 and equipment, but there's not a whole lot of ammo, so they got to be sparing with it. That's where the survival aspect comes in. So you've got to work together as a team, and you can't just shoot your way out of every problem. Uh, that being said, there's lots of shooting that goes place. Uh, awesome miniatures. You do have to assemble them yourself, or in my case, get your nerdy friend to do it for you because you've never done it. Um, Commander Scott was very nice and spent uh, a Saturday assembling all of my minifigs. They look amazing. Thank you, Commander Scat. Um, but I'm bringing this up because... So the game itself is out. You can get it from Force 9s website, or you can find it at your local... Sorry, at your FLGS. Yeah, yeah. Um, the game itself uh, already has two expansion sets. There's the Get Away From Her, You Bitch expansion, which has Bishop and enraged Ripley and the queen alien and the power loader and adds in a facet where a player can control the alien swarms. Um, Cause in the base game, they just kind of trigger on certain events and, and run through certain actions. They kind of run on autopilot. Um, and then there's, I forget the name of the second expansion, uh, ultimate badasses, which adds in almost the entirety of the platoon from aliens so you've got tons of characters to pick from and lots of backup characters because that comes in handy later. Um, they just announced uh, the third expansion is the In the Pipe 5x5 five five expansion. You can probably guess what this adds to it. Uh, the dro drop ship crew of Pharaoh and Spunkmire are new playable characters, um, both in the drop ship and out of the drop ship. Um, it does not come with a giant miniature drop ship, though. Sorry, Jay. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can uh, find one aftermarket. I'm sure we could. Uh, it also adds uh, two new experience tracks because if you're playing with some of the bonus rules, uh, as you gain XP, you can pick different tracks and get special abilities and level things up. It adds a pilot and quartermaster um, experience track. And the reason I super want this is it adds xenomorph variants to the game. It adds a brute guard scout and Skulker Xenomorph variant to the game. How those work, I don't entirely know, but they sound awesome. Um, we've all played this game. I think we've all enjoyed playing this game. Uh, it can get a little stressful. It can get a little uh, damn run a tight spot-ish, but that's exactly what it's designed to. It yes, can it. get a little 
oh, I didn't get the blow myself up card, so I'm going to stay next to Jay the entire time with my character because eventually he's going to blow himself up and I want to sacrifice myself too. And damn it, if I'm not sacrificing myself, I'll sacrifice myself via his sacrificing himself. Sounds like a very specific scenario. I'll sacrifice myself vicariously through him sacrificing himself. I don't I don't think that's why I stayed next to you the whole time. It is. I don't think so. I, I stayed next to you the whole time on the off chance that something would allow me to, you know, get the card from you. Like um, <laughs> there there is a card so something. sorry guys. Sorry, Scott. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. There's a card. Uh, so again, you use cards not just as like currency, but cards give you equipment. They give you gear. Uh, special things can happen. You can use them as special abilities. One of those cards is the "You Always Were an Asshole" Gorman card, which, if you're familiar with the movie, you'll understand. That's when Vasquez and Gorman blow themselves up with the grenade, and that card, as you would think, allows you to blow yourself up and kill. Every character is it within one or two spaces adjacent to where you currently are? Oh yeah, it's it's a nice little radius. It takes it takes a bunch of crap out. Everything on that space, everything on that space is gone. Um, Scott loves this card. Yeah, and I will give him credit. He does when he find it, he, or when he finds it, he does wait to the most dramatic, if not opportune, moment. Yes, to blow himself up. I, I try not to do it just willy-nilly. I try not to blow myself up just because I can blow myself up. I try to make it to where it's beneficial and, like you said, the most dramatic you know, time. That being said, that doesn't mean I don't try to engineer the most dramatic moment possible to come up. Scott, I can clear those Xenos off so you can get to the escape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. Go ahead. I got it. There's a whole swarm. Ah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Scott, you've got enough moves you can get to the uh, exit. I, 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 uh it's a really fun game there's a lot i have i've barely scratched the surface on the content this game has honestly um it's designed to be played as a giant campaign as you kind of play through the events of the movie there's tons of bonus uh stuff to it so there's a there's a mechanic built into the game uh if your character is attacked by xeno they get downed if your teammates don't revive you within the next round you get captured and you can add bonus missions to go rescue that marine character. Um, and so that's an option in the game. There's an entire game mode that's basically like a, a horde survival mode where you start in a map with waves of xenomorphs coming at you and all you get is a pistol and you have to find crates and items to, to get more gear. And, and uh, we've never even touched that mode of it. Um, I've got the queen alien that I think we've used once. I've got the power loader, which we've never even broken out. Uh, there's, an, again, an entire alternate mechanic where one person controls the entire alien uh, hordes. We've never touched that. Uh, great. Again, I love this company, Gale Force 9. Um, this game was years in development because I was very, very impatiently waiting for it because uh, they kept sharing off minis but then not having it available for like two or three Gen Cons. It was, hey, look at this. You can't buy it, but look at this. Um, so it's a really great game if you're an Aliens fan. If you're looking for a horror game that's also competitive. Uh, if you like action games, sci-fi games, it's great. Um, it's really a fun time. Really, uh, you get a lot of bang for your buck out of this one. Um, 
Yeah, and and like I said, uh, up for up for pre-order now for only thirty dollars is the in the pipe five by five expansion. I will definitely be getting that. So that's my second recommendation. Aliens, another glorious day in the cold. So uh, while this, so this game does scratch a couple of itches when it comes to tabletop board games. One, you know, uh, it, it is like uh, he said, it's it's a co-op game, so it is you all is players versus the game. Um, but it is also a miniatures game. It's, it's very much a, a miniatures game. Um, now, not a tactical miniatures game. That's a different kind of a genre. But I, the 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 real beauty of this, I think, is in the mechanic of the card economy. Uh, because, like like Obi John said, you you've got a hand of cards, which I don't think there's a hand limit, right? Pretty sure there's not. A I hand don't limit. remember. I don't think so. Because one of the last times that we played, we had somebody who wasn't quite grasping the concept, and and they they, they just kept hoarding cards in their hand. And when you so when you want to do anything in the game, when you want to you know uh, uh, purchase equipment, when you want to equip equipment, when you want to use equipment, you know uh, there's usually a card cost associated with it. Uh, it's like you know uh, cost to pick up this weapon is three you know three cards cost three, so you have to discard three cards. Uh, to get it into your hand and there's an equip cost to, to actually equip it. And then like some of, some of the cards will have a cost associated with its use, like discard two cards to do whatever effect or something. Anytime you fire a weapon, you're using cards like ammunition, yes. basically. Yes. And there are things within the game that will offset like the smart gun is standard three cards burned yeah. to use it, but certain characters because they're training it only have to burn two. So yeah. Yeah, so not only are your cards your actual equipment and everything, they are your currency to perform actions. And you can either do this by uh, spending cards in your hand, or you can discard cards from the stack. But when your stack runs out, I, I forget what happens. There's like a, there's an advancement, and then, yeah. So you, you have a discard pile? Yeah. That'll When you hit the bottom, you reshuffle, and it goes again. However... There's a difference between, uh, I forget the terminology they use, but uh, discarding a card and removing a card. Yeah. Uh, under certain circumstances, cards are removed. They go into a separate pile. They never get shuffled back in. Yes, they're out of the game. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, if there's a if there's a problem with you, like, like if you ever run out of cards, then you've lost. So you're, you're, you're managing that card economy uh, and such. And, and, and it's also a timing mechanic for the game and just that whole card economy, I think, is is just the the backbone of this game, and and, and it works. It, it works very well. Uh, there might be a few hiccups here and there, um, but overall, yeah, that that's that's the backbone of the game, and I love it. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's my pick. That's my um, two cents. Jay, what you got? Uh, first of all. Scott, I want to apologize because my next pick, John, is going to come at us with a ha! And uh, I told you, I told you guys, but you didn't listen. You didn't listen to me. Okay? You know, his classic, ha! Obi John, ha! You know. Uh, Okay, John, what's one of our favorite movies? Aliens? We covered it. 
And what's better than an Aliens board game? An Aliens roleplay game? And well, well, that I actually own. Aliens action figures? An Aliens An Aliens video game? Video oh yeah, game? video game. Yeah, that'd be cool. An Aliens video game that has a yeah. multiplayer mode that involves horde control. Yeah, or you could like play with your friends and like customize your guns and armor and stuff. Yeah, that sure would be cool. So my next pick is uh actually Aliens Fireteam Elite. Uh you know, I I was soured on this because the worst part of the game, I'm I'm not gonna lie. This might hurt your feelings, John, but the worst part of the game is the campaign. And trudging through the campaign to get to the cool shit sucks. I just wish we could get to the cool shit without still, still haven't made it to the campaign. Jay's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Um the campaign, I'm sorry, is is there's there's a few there's a few parts of the campaign I was okay with, like being on the space station and the last mission where with the queen. That's really cool once you get to that part and like but all the stuff with like the the androids and well what kills campaign mode. It's an interesting story, but what kills it is the levels are 30 minutes. Yeah, minimum. Yeah. With Zero save points throughout the yep. mission. So, so if you if get you, all the way to the end of the last mission against the queen and you die, you gotta start all over. All back. Yeah. If there were save points throughout the missions, it would not feel like such a trudge. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and there are elements of the campaign that are cool, like I said, but for the most part, where and and we do need to get back to playing this again sometime, and we gotta get Scott through the campaign. So that three of us can actually do horde control multiplayer um, instead of having that damn bot all the time. Because uh, they're alpha and beta don't do shit. Anyway, um, the the horde control multiplayer is a lot of fun. Uh, John and I figured out that the um, sentry gun reload one is a fun one to play. Um, the get to the it's basically like hard point in modern warfare where you hold the certain point for so long um and then you get in-game sort of currency where you can buy upgrades and equipment to help fortify your position and that that's a unique aspect um the it's it's difficult but not insanely difficult like the the sentry gun reload one is not insanely difficult, but like I don't know if we've gotten to level ten on the sentry mode one. I know we've gotten to level ten on the like hard point hold this position one. Uh, but what's cool is you get more rewards for like upgrades, weapons, and things like that if you go another ten rounds. Uh, I don't think John and I could do it ourselves. We'd need probably a third person to help us. That wasn't a bot, like I said, because uh, damn, there's a lot of running around. But I mean, it's I'll, enough to. I'll, I'll ask around, see if I can find you all a third person somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll buy him a copy. Yeah, I, I I know some people who play, you know, games and stuff. I'll, I'll ask around. And it's, thanks, bud. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it anytime. You know, it's. I I do remember anytime we'd get on to play. Like this is when Diablo before Diablo four. 
and Diablo three seasons were still out. <clears throat> and I liked playing the Diablo three seasons. And then I'd say, Hey, anybody want to get on and play? And John be like aliens, fire team, aliens, fire team. Every time aliens, fire team, fire team. You guys would play fire team. Uh, he's like me now with modern warfare. Pew pews. You want to do pew pews? Um, but that's that's what it was with, with Aliens Fire Team. And I finally got through the campaign, finally got to the fun part, and it is a lot of fun to customize your weapons, get, you know, uh, decals, get armor, um, make yourself look cool while you're blowing up Xenos. It's it's still a challenge. It's not just I'm gonna stand here and shoot the whole time. You gotta be strategic. There's like six or eight different classes of Marines to play as. They'll have different, uh, you know, there, there's the uh, your standard gunner. There's the heavy, uh, which Jay plays because he gets to use a big smart gun and stuff. There's the uh, Lancer now. There's the... the um, I play the Lancer every once in a while, the, too. That the Technician, which has a, a reusable um, turret gun you can put down. And, and there's, there's tons of different uh, ways to vary up. Okay, it's a horde of aliens coming. How do we... How do we vary this up? So environments change, the marine classes change. Uh, there's tons of weapons, uh, but which you know is all in-game currency. You don't have to spend real-world money to get them. Uh, just keep playing the game; you'll earn currency, and you can go unlock them and buy them. Uh, tons of skins to to change out your marine armor and your customize your look and stuff. Uh, uh, it's really a fun game. I would say I would I'd give it. I'm I'm giving it my pick with the caveat of you need two friends to get through the campaign. So you need uh, this isn't one that you can. John soloed, I, th- I think most of it or all of it. Yeah, uh, most of it because nobody would come play with me. And it's it's not one that's easily soloed. So kudos to you, John. But uh, if you have two friends and you're all you know the three of you are big aliens fans. Go play through the campaign. You're going to hate the slog of the campaign, but the horde control modes after that in the in the multiplayer are worth it because the customization, the trying out new weapons, like it's stuff you can't really do in the campaign because you're not really sure how it's going to turn out. And like John said, the levels are like 30 to 40 minutes of gameplay. Uh, I can't tell you how... We tried, I think, two or three times to get through that last level and we got kicked like one time we got kicked right connection issues yeah yeah so but we finally got through it yeah the next day we tried it again yeah but that's my next pick it is it's john was right it is fun once you get to the horde mode uh multiplayer although there is one multiplayer mode that i would steer clear of (laughs) and that's the uh there's one with giant generators. You remember that one, where you had yeah. to go protect the generator? This is not a good, not a good one. We, did, good. we did not do well on that one. Yeah. So you can get this game for under twenty bucks on Amazon right now. That's a physical copy. So curious what it is in the PlayStation Store. Yeah. Scott. Yes, I believe we're back around to you. Oh, hmm. um, why? What? What? Because I, I, what? 
I don't know. I'm just trying to throw stuff out to throw you off. Oh, all right, all right. See how you do. That's... So, so, so I have a question. Can Twelve, I... forty-two, forty-two. Omaha. I, I heard, I heard, check, I, heard check. I, I heard 12 first, and that's not right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Is it 42? It's not 42 either. So, um, so, so, so can I do a staff pick on a game that's that, that I haven't actually played yet? Is it? Yes, because I plan to as well. Okay. I bet it is what I think it is. What do you think it is? I think it's Baldur's Gate 3. You are absolutely correct, sir. Baldur's Gate is about to drop PS5, which is why I haven't played it yet, because um, the studio, um, Larian Studios, is biased against PS5. They don't like us. Um, you know, they're systemists. Is that, it out for Xbox? Yes. So as far as I know, it was, the general release was like August 3rd for like Windows or PC uh, and Xbox, uh, as far as I know. Um, I haven't specifically looked up the Xbox release date because I don't have an Xbox, but the uh, the PS5 release date isn't until September 6th. I will be out of town when it actually releases, so I won't get to play it until I come back. I got um, good news for you, Scott. What's that? If you buy the $10 more expensive digital deluxe edition, uh-huh. you can start playing on the second Oh. You get like four days early access. Mm. That means I'll get to play it for about a day, maybe a day and a half. <laughs> Enough just time float, to create a character. Just floating that. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so I played the first two of these. Well, technically the first kind of three, sort of. So this was a game. So the first game, Baldur's Gate, and Baldur's Gate. Just for for those you know who are who are curious, um, also known as sim- sometimes simply as the Gate, uh, is is the largest city state on the Sword Coast uh, in the Forgotten Realms, which is one of the the, the main campaign settings in Dungeons and Dragons for a long time. Uh, it's the current one that's being focused on in the current edition of the game. Other other campaign worlds such as um, uh, Dragonlance and uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm I'm, I'm kind of we won't know anyway. But anyway, um, uh, have have featured in previous versions of the game. But they're they're doing Forgotten Realms now, and I love the Forgotten Realms. It's it's, it's my favorite campaign setting. Uh, also, of course, the, the 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 continent in the Forgotten Realms that most everything takes place on is Faerun. Um, so it's on the west coast of Faerun, uh, and it's basically like one of the biggest ports of call, you know, it's, it's, it's where a lot of stuff happens there. Another one is Waterdeep. That's another big one, but, but Baldur's Gate just, it's just huge. It's like the gateway into the Forgotten Realm. Um, and so the first game came out for PC back, uh, in 1998, and it, it, it it's basically a, it's a it's a top down um, role playing game for for computer uh, where you're controlling a party of adventurers and you know you've got their abilities that you're trying to manage and you've got a story that you're working through and you can do 
all kinds of things and everything. Uh, the next year in 2000, there was, uh, I'm sorry, in late 1999, uh, there was uh, Baldur's Gate Tales of the Sword Coast, which was an expansion, and the original developer of all this was BioWare. Uh, and then they did Baldur's Gate 2 in September uh, of 2000. Oh, September 21st, 2000. It released on my birthday. Well, I don't remember that, but all right. I'll, I'll have to trust their word for it. Um, Shadows of Om, uh came out. That was a fun game. These are all very fun games. And if you're if you're a fan of Dungeons and Dragons and you're a fan uh, of the Forgotten Realms, then I mean these are games that you have to play. Um, and then uh, Baldur's Gate Two got an expansion in 2001 with Throwing a Ball. Uh, it didn't really come to uh, console until 2001 when you got Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. Uh, you know, and then you got, uh, and then of course you've got Dark Alliance Two, and then you've got Enhanced Editions for for the different things. It's it's one of those that the the last core game that was released uh, for the for the core story uh, was for Shadows of Om um, and everything. And that was, like I said, that was that was two thousand. So we haven't had uh, a new edition of Baldur's Gate proper. Um, since since then for for 20, 20 some odd years now um now in 2021 dungeons and dragons dark alliance which also takes place came out siege of dragons there have been games in the vein of but the core hasn't been out for a while and the new one is getting ready to come out for ps5 it's been out for for uh almost a month now for for everybody else um it's based it's it, it's a real-time you know uh, uh top-down RPG game. I, I don't know what to say about Baldur's Gate 3, because I, I, I've been purposely keeping away from spoilers and stuff. I don't want to... I, I know that there's nitpickers and naysayers and people who oh, this isn't right, this isn't right, but I, I'm, I'm being hopefully optimistic, and, and I'm definitely going to be playing the game and, playing it and, and such, so... But, yeah. Um, Scott, the Hopefully this isn't like a spoiler or anything. Yeah. <clears throat> but the funniest thing I've seen on TikTok in a while was I've seen videos of people playing Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. And they can talk to animals. Yeah. Uh, and well, I, I guess if you're playing a druid, I'm assuming you... Oh, yes, there was the whole controversy of, of the... Uh, uh, the... Like I remember a, this, this. This this actually came out before the game released. There's like a like a like a not a potion or a spell or something. Yeah, something that you can talk to animals. And I saw one where a guy was talking to a cat, yeah. and the cat was very regal and like, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like royal. It was sort of like royalty type cat acting in the way it was. It was a funny video. I laughed pretty hard at it because at the end of it, the cat told the guy to go away in a very cat-like fashion. I was yes. like, that that makes sense. Yes, you need to leave now. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, once again, it's, it's it, the combat and everything is based off of 5th uh, edition rule set for the actual role-playing game because that's one thing. That Baldur's Gate always tried to do is 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 it always tried to incorporate the actual rules of whatever rule set the role playing game was currently in published for its games uh, and such. But overall, yeah. 
I don't mean to rain on Scott's parade. I'm glad he's excited for the game. And I hope he has fun with it, but I just watched a trailer for it. Yeah. Combat is turn-based. And for yeah. that reason, I'm out. See, I like turn-based. I'm fine with turn-based. And the reason I'm fine... I'm hate turn-based combat. And I'm fine with turn-based because it allows me to, to think about what, you know, how I need to proceed, what spells I want to do. Now, if if I'm playing a single character, yes, I agree with you. Turn-based is... I can't stand turn-based um, and, and everything. But if I'm doing a party, then... I'm sorry. I'm I'm not going to sit there and try to remember what five people have on deck and what spells and abilities are easy to do or you know in real time combat. But I seem to recall that the original the original games you could either set it up as real time or you could configure it where it would pause. Like you could have real time combat. And I I feel like this one would be the same way. Um this one says combat triggers turn-based gameplay. I'm curious if you, can, if you can change that right now. Or change that. So I'll let Scott go ahead and pick it up. Figure that out before I spend 80 bucks on the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm out. Really just out. Not even for a reason. Just, just yeah, no, I'm not. I'm done. You, you can just I'll go back it. to Diablo 4, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, like if I was forced to, like I would go back to Diablo three. Screw that. Just... I paid for four. I need to go play four. I need to finish the story. Yeah, yeah. Surprise! That's not one of our picks. Oh, but like I said, Scott, I'm very glad you. I, until I learned that, I was excited too, Scott. Yeah, and no, this sounds cool. That's fair. Yeah, and and from what I'm looking here, apparently they're at. at Somebody, I, I, I don't, I don't know when this article was written because I haven't actually gone into the article um, here, but it can't be too old, right? Because I mean, uh, August, August third, launch date. So as of the writing of of this article here, there are no options for changing out of turn based uh, combat. So it is strictly turn based, which I'm fine with. That doesn't bother me. Uh, and stuff, but then again, it, it, to me, it just feels more D and D like because D and D is turn based. It's the way it works. D and D's not real time. It can't be real time. No, it can't. But a video game can. So. Yeah, but once again, if you're managing five different people who have a multitude of options, like by the time you think, oh, that's right, my my druid has the ability to uh, uh, shapeshift into, you know, whatever would be would work awesome here. You're three turns past when it would have been optimal, and he's dead. Did you ever play any of the um, Dragon Age games? Yeah, love Dragon Age. Dragon Age is great. But Two still... and Inquisition uh-huh. found a balance between real-time strategy and... They, or they sorry, did. between turn-based and real-time. They did by allowing you to control one character at a time, and the others were AI-controlled. You would switch back and forth. They they did. And they're great games. They're wonderful games. They are. Uh, but even, even then, I found a problem, because 
uh, I would go into situations and it would the, the 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 encounter would be like, oh, you need to control the barbarian at this point and use his rage, but that's not my main character, so I don't care about the other characters, and I would have problems getting past them because I'm controlling only one character and forgetting about other abilities. So, gotcha. Yeah. But anyway, no, it's Baldur's Gate. I, I love the originals. I played them both. Uh, I never really played the, uh, the the Dark Alliance stuff that much when it when it came to console. I originally did the Baldur's Gate uh, um, uh, PC stuff. I love the top down. I love the world. I love the way it looked. I'm excited for Baldur's Gate three. Now, once I play it, I might change my mind. I don't know because you know stuff like that happens. But overall, fair enough. Looking forward to it. Jay, should I go with a game I've never played before or one I have? It's up to you, bro. I'm asking your opinion. Go with the one you've never played yet. Okay. Back to board games. Back to good old Gale Force 9. Uh, a game I may try to pick up a copy of this weekend if I can. Scott already knows where I'm going because we had this conversation earlier today. And I wholeheartedly agree. Because <laughs> he wants to play it too. Uh, so Gale Force 9 years ago, launched one of my favorite games of all time, IP regardless, and that is Star Trek Ascendancy, which is an awesome sort of risk in Star Trek, but simplified. It's a four. It's a 4X game. Yeah. Uh, so they're following that up with Star Trek on an even smaller scale, but in a good way. Uh, the coolest part of any Star Trek episode is when you send an away team down, because that's when the stuff's going to, you know, the the pew-pews and the shooty-shooties is going to happen. So, Gale Force 9 has you covered. They just released uh, a couple weeks ago Star Trek Away Missions, Battle of Wolf 359. Yes, it's a long title. Most people just call it Star Trek Away Missions. Uh, at its core, the core game is a two-player game, Federation versus Borg. Uh, this is post-Battle of Wolf 359, which was a giant battle between the Federation and, and the Borg. Um, you're basically trying to pick through what's left of a debris field. Um, so at the start of the game, you'll pick what ship you're going over that will configure your board differently for what ship layout it is. Uh, you'll pick three mission cards uh, for each side, and then you're both on the ship trying to complete your missions whilst dealing with the other uh, faction. Uh, so it's a combat-heavy game. Um, whoever at the end of three rounds has the most mission points or the most completed missions wins the game. They, at launch, have put out two expansion sets that add a Klingon and a Romulan to make it a up to four-player game uh, with, with add-on rules for, for adding more players into it. Um, so yeah, so it's Trek that we know and love. Uh, but it's a more combat-oriented trek than we're probably used to. Um, I haven't played it yet, but I'm currently kind of obsessed with it. Uh, I, I was going to have some friends pick up a copy for me at Gen Con, thinking they'd have like a convention deal, like you know, thirty bucks off and all in or something like that. And they didn't. It was hey, it's, you can get it now, or you can wait a couple weeks. So I didn't have them pick it up. And now I'm mad at myself because I'm jonesing to play it. Um, but the, the core game is 60. Um, the expansions are 25 apiece. 
Uh, you can get custom dice for each race too, if you for like five bucks a set, if you want to go all in for that. Um, so it's not crazy expensive. Like all in, I think it's like 120. Um, but it is out. Uh, you can get it online. You can order it through Gale Force Nine, or you can pick it up at your FLGS. Sorry. FLGS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't wait to get my hands on this game. I can't wait to play it. Uh, I do plan to buy it with all the expansions so we can have at least a four-player game and, and, and try the different races and see how they play out. I'm a little miffed we didn't get Andorians, but I'm holding out hope. If I buy enough of it, maybe we'll get an Andorian set. I do think they've already announced a an expansion set for Federation, so you can have uh, more characters uh, like Picard and other uh, bridge crew characters besides the four that come in the base game. Um, so I, I hope there's more of that down the road. But there you go. Star Trek Away Missions, The Battle of Wolf 359 from Gale Force 9 Games. Hey, I, I am always up for more uh, Trek games uh uh and everything and i originally had uh, i when you originally brought this up i looked it up the preliminary information you know the 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 like the announcement stuff and originally i thought it was going to be just a two-player miniatures game just a miniature skirmish game just standard uh and and i really wasn't looking to pick that up because that's while i'm fine with it it is trek i don't get a chance to play those types of games but now that you describe it as you know it's not just two players, but you know you can have multiple players because you're all trying to do your own missions uh, in the same environment. Uh, that that intrigues me. Uh, now now I'm I'm uh, I'm peaked. Uh, I was watching some Learn to Plays tonight. Um, there's there's different you know, there, there's a take cover action. Um, so you can like make yourself harder to hit. Um, they have you know, the, the way the the again, it, the game board is modular, so depending what ship you're going on to, they'll change things around. I also think I saw some Borg cube game mat stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there's turbo lifts within the ship that work sort of like in the secret passages in Clue. You go from this uh, turbo lift, you come out this turbo lift to help with movement. Um, looked really interesting. Um, and again, combat isn't the goal but it the more players you stack onto it's eventually going to become kind of un, unavoidable so it is part of the game it's a big part of the game um but it looks looks fun um i am definitely looking forward to playing this you have now titillated me just, just letting you know it's hard to get scott to play star trek games but yeah that no. is going to give it a shot just for me yeah yeah, I mean, if it was anybody else, I'd say, nah, just keep that Trek shit to yourself. You know, I don't, I don't thanks, need that. Thanks, bud. You know, if it was Jay, and he'd be like, hey, let's play Trek. I'd be like, no, no, no screw that shit. You just, you just keep that Trek shit over there. I know you prefer Stargate, but they are making a yeah. Stargate games, and that's a shame. It, it is. Stargate would lend itself well to uh, to a lovely little, like, uh, uh, a cooperative, you know, uh, or even a 1v all. Where one person's playing the gold uh, and such, but uh, did that RPG ever come out? Oh yeah, yeah, I got it over here on the shelf. I wanna, I wanna play um, Star Trek Gate Wars, Star Stargate Trek Wars, Star Wars Gate Trek. Don't hurt yourself, kid. Star Star Wars Trek Gate. 
Trek Stars Gate War. What a, what Star Trek that. Through the Gate Wars. Yep. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that one. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I can't start uh, this one. Of course you did. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting game. Jay, jump in here. What you got for us? Okay, my next pick is a staff pick because I don't think we could talk about any staff pick. Excuse me. We couldn't talk about any staff pick games without bringing this one up every single time. It should always be one of our staff picks from one of us, even though we talk about it at a nauseating level. The Thing Infection at Outpost 31. I just found a copy. I just found a copy of it. I was at a... I don't know. It, I wouldn't say it was local. It was a friendly gaming store, so an FGS. Uh, I say not local because it was a 45-minute drive to get there. More local uh, than it is for us, so. That's fair. Um, they had it on the shelf. I were, we were Megan and I stopped there this summer just to be like, oh, look what the, let's look at the games that they have. And then I was just looking at, like, old video games because they had old, like, N64s and NESs and Super NESs and Sega Genesis and all the cartridges that went with it and all this. And she goes, oh, look, the thing. And I went, oh, Which is the the proper reaction, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And then I was like, does that say $50? And so I picked it up because it was $50. In fact, I walked around the, the store for the remaining time we were there until I purchased it, bear hugging it um, and caressing it because I need that picture. I was like, this is amazing. I can't believe it's here. Uh, I still need to break it in. I need to break it out and break it in. Um, It's going to take some convincing, I think, to get some of my local friends around here to come play it with me. Uh, I might be able to do it in a couple of weeks because my friend Scott, John knows him as well. And his brother, so with you, all. he means his, Scotty. Uh, his, uh, and his brother-in-law Matt are coming up for a three-man best shot tournament, and I don't know if they're going to come up Friday night because we golf on Saturday. So if they come Friday night, we I can maybe convince them Friday night to play it. And, Get the wives in too, because you really want to play that with as many people as you can. Yes, exactly. Uh, my other option is uh, to invite I, my. Another coworker and his like a couple other coworkers and their wives um, just invite them over sometime or meet somewhere and play it. Uh, the trick is to have the board set up when they get there, because if they watch you setting it all, they're gonna go, "Oh, this looks complicated." So have it yeah. set and ready to go when they walk in. So you're just like, "Hey, pick a character card." Um, but or, yes, uh, we've you know, go ahead, Scott. Say, or if you want, you know, um, all of you all, the wives, Scotty. The, the brothers-in-laws and everything, you you all can grab the book, copy of the game. You know, in January, you all can all trudge on down to Louisville, Kentucky for River City Con, the inaugural event of River City Con, the first one. First ever. And Obi John will be happy to run you all through that copy. and, and Probably and, dressed as a random Avenger character. Not random, he'll be dressed as Thor. It's uh, not random at all. <laughs> we know Star-Lord. You'll be Thor. Um, maybe you should be. <laughs> You'll <Thor>. be Thor. <laughs> Thor Sorry. Lord, Star Thor Lord. Um, yeah, awesome game. 
Uh, so yeah, we've talked about it. We've talked about the mechanics. We've talked about the uh, the whole idea of it. I don't think I need to talk about it a whole lot. I'm just super excited that I have my own copy now because I had been searching for a long time for this copy. I uh, think they finally got a second printing out because me and Whitney you. were at um, Joseph Beth, a bookstore here in town, like two weekends ago, and they had three or four copies in the bookstore. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm trying to track down a copy to to put in the the gaming convention library because I know you know Obi John has run it several times at our local gaming conventions uh, and his copy is getting some wear on it and he's not wanting to bring it out much and I get that and that's fine. But it's always very popular. It always sells out uh, and stuff. So. And I'm always happy to teach it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm sure that I'll have to give you guys the breakdown of how it all went when I actually run through the game. Um, but yeah, man, Like if, if it's out in print right now and you can find a copy of it, go get a copy of it. And if you're a fan of the thing, even if you're not a fan of the thing, the game itself is just so much fun to play. It's so frustrating. You're going to ruin friendships. You're going to ruin marriages. You're going to get punched by your wife. Yeah. You're going to hate each other. You're going to spend the next two or three days going, you're an imitation. Booze Uh, really helps too, let me tell you. Yes. yes. It does. Uh, Or any influence, as we found out playing with somebody. Uh, (laughs) uh, So, so that being said, um, uh, in the game, the, the the first player token is a cardboard cutout of a revolver. Yeah. Because there's a revolver that kind of features somewhat prominently in the movie, you know. But uh, one of my favorite things was when we play with, you know, Opie John's copy in, in his house, he has a, a, a toy revolver. that It's not Nerf, though, right? Uh, no, it's an Airsoft. Um... Airsoft. I forget the model, but yeah, it's it's yeah. it's Hopper's revolver from Stranger Things, but okay. an airsoft, yeah. Okay, um, but it, it's fun because the cylinder will actually pop out, and it actually has these little toy uh, uh, rounds, these, these you know bullets that you can take in and out of the cylinder. And I still love the time that we played and and the humans where we made it to the the helicopter, and I got elected as the final captain, and. Uh, uh, so everybody was arguing, you know, about who should go on the chopper. Who's the invitation? Who should go? So I finally, I just said, I just called for quiet. I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to go around the room, right? Each of you all will get your turn to make your case one at a time. And I went from person to person. And I'm like, who, who should go? Or who should stay? Why should they stay? And, and the entire time everybody was talking, I just kept loading and unloading that gun. <laughs> and it was cool. Can't uh, say it wasn't. That was fun. Especially since I think I was an invitation the entire time. So I knew nobody was going to win either way. He's going to draw it out as long <laughs> as possible. My, I, I want to say one of my favorite memories of playing the thing with you guys was when Koran wanted to torch somebody just to torch somebody. And so <laughs> <laughs> he torched Scott. Just yep. to torch Scott. Just to torch and the Scott. whole okay, time Karan. he just kept going, ah, diabetes, I'm human. <laughs> okay, Scott, or, or, Karan, you've elected to torch Scott. Do you want to tell us why? No, no, no we've never done it before. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can't argue with that logic. <laughs> didn't, uh, he, didn't he turn out to be human and we lost was, or yeah. something oh, like that? Yeah. You know yep. why? Because diabetes, I'm human. 
Yeah. Uh, and then also <laughs> the the most recent time that we played it uh, at LCTC uh, with Gary, Gary's husband, uh, <laughs> my wife Megan and John and Whitney, and they blood tested me to see if I was human. And then Megan was the captain for the final to get on the helicopter. And I didn't want to get on the helicopter because I was 100% fully convinced she was an imitation. And they're like, all right, you're getting on the helicopter. And I was like, son of a bitch, the helicopter of death. And I just made a whole thing out of it. And she turned out to be human. And the humans ended up winning. And I had to really eat crow. Oh. He went full Call of Duty bad round diva. <laughs> In person. Wow. His wife was right there. <laughs> wow. And then she flipped that card over and they were all humans. And he's like, <laughs> just a look yeah. of shock and awe on his and then, face. Huh? And immediately yeah. shifted to, oh, fuck. Yep. Uh, There's a lot of apologizing. I'm going to hear about this in the car ride. Could be home. a long Thanks. drive home. 12 <laughs> hours back to Iowa. Nothing but you thought I was an imitation. So. For years, anytime they get into an argument, she's just going to pull that. Oh, yeah, Jill, at that time you thought I was an imitation. That's okay, because every time we argue, I bring up the fact that she called me annoying at a uh, old Chicago. So you probably were. Yeah, it's probably just par for the course. I'm just To be fair, yeah, I mean, I am annoying, but you didn't have to call me out in front of my parents like that. <laughs> oh, they know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> They're well aware. They live with yeah. you. Uh, they're just yeah. legally obligated to still love you. <laughs> the thing uh, is, outpin infection at outpost thirty one or outbreak. Yep, infection at okay. Infection. Yeah. I wrote the whole thing. The thing, infection at outpost thirty one. I'm super excited to break into it and play, and hopefully get uh, people around here as addicted to it as I am. When which, is an important, which is an important distinction because there's another thing board game out there that's not infection at outpost thirty one. It's a second thing board game, but it has expansions to it uh, and more miniatures and stuff. Um, yeah. So important distinction. Yes. Yeah. Scott. Well, I didn't know if we were getting back around to me. I think we're getting close to time limit here. Uh, plus, I've I, got one more. So I, I only really had the two. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, Jay. Any yeah. more? Yeah. I yeah. do have one more. Okay. So. All right, well, then I'll make this quick. Uh, look, it's a game that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, you're not going to be surprised at all. It's on my list. But it is a game that I think is a insanely great value for the money and a, a game that has been a gift that keeps on giving. I'm talking about uh, my new favorite asymmetrical multiplayer, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, currently available for PS4, PS5, whatever Xbox is called now, and PC via the Epic Games Store. Uh, like I said, it's an asymmetrical multiplayer, so it's one ghost versus four Ghostbusters. Um, this game came out a while ago. It is currently $19.99 on the PlayStation Store, Xbox Store, and Epic Games Store. That is a steal for the amount of content you get with this game. Uh, you can play solo against bots, with bots filling in as Ghostbusters and the ghosts. You can adjust your difficulty for those bots. Uh, it has a plethora of new content since launch. There have been three new maps, the courtroom, the disco, and the facility. 
Um, there are a bunch of new ghost classes. There's the Muncher Ghost from Ghostbusters Afterlife. There's the Eye Guy Ghost from the old toy line, and probably a couple of those I've forgotten about by now. Um, so there's, I think, six classes of ghosts, each with three to four subclasses within that. So tons of ghosts to play as. Um, there's they introduced gear shells. So once you've unlocked all the upgrades and stuff for your gear, you can equip shells to your gear to just change the appearance of it. Uh, so you could, like we always wanted, hey, I love that I get these upgrades, but I want my patch to just look like a normal pack. You can do that now. But now you can also unlock within game. These are all no extra money needed. This is all free DLC. Extreme Ghostbusters gear shells for the pack, the thrower, the trap, and the PKE meter. Same for real Ghostbusters cartoon. And they just a few weeks ago put out the answer the call gear set. So you can make your pack. And you can mix and match parts. You can have your main pack look like an Extreme Ghostbusters pack and throw the the thrower on from Extreme Ghostbusters or mix and match however you want. Uh, Uniforms for all those franchises. uh, So you can even more ways to customize your Ghostbuster. They've added second and third patch spots on the chest and arms of your uniform, so you can deck out even more uh, patches for your uniform. Uh, There are 10-year cosmetics, which is essentially the same as, like, prestige. Uh, Every 100 levels, you cash in and and 10-year to the next level, and there are certain cosmetics you can only unlock that way. The Stay Puffed hat, the colander, and I think the newest one is the blue lab coat, uh, ready-to-believe-you commercial outfit. It's, I think, 10-year level 3. And they teased earlier this year a big content drop coming this fall featuring one of my absolute favorite characters in the entire franchise, specifically from the cartoons, Sam Hain coming this Halloween. So now is a perfect time for 20 bucks to jump in, start unlocking all this stuff, get together with friends or play it solo. Uh, you can do it either way. Uh, again, for 20 bucks, that is a steal. I just like being red green. There's even more characters you can create now, Scott. Tons of new hair options and eyewear and accessories. I need, the ghosts, to, I need to hop back on. If the ghosts don't find you handsome, at least they'll find you handy. Very nice, Jay. Very true. Uh, oh. Bring us home, Jay. Uh, so this one's this one's gonna be real quick. It's a shout out. It's like it's a Megan pick more than a Jay pick. Uh, we were walking through Walmart one day and I always like to go through electronics and see what games are cheap and on sale. And she goes, Oh my God, can we get this? And, uh, I, we had an NES, but I, I consider myself a Sega kid. We had a Sega Genesis for the longest amount of time. So when people talk about like super Mario brothers being their thing, that's fine. But what I played the shit out of was Sonic the Hedgehog. And so for PS4, there's a game called Sonic Mania. And basically, Sonic Mania is like a conglomeration of all the Sonic Hedgehog games updated for the PS4. It auto-saves. You go through levels. It's like, it looks, it's got the same aesthetics, but they're different maps, sort of different levels. Uh, You're still, you know, freeing the little woodland creatures you know you're collecting rings you still fight uh eggman or dr robotnik whatever you want to call him um it's a lot of fun megan has been playing it a lot i've played it a few times it's it really takes you back and it even like 
you've got all these extra buttons on the controller and you literally just use the D-pad and the buttons that you would use on a Sega Genesis controller. Uh, so like they say, these three buttons do this, like A, B, and C on a Genesis. So it it is a lot of fun. If you want like a dose of nostalgia, and again, I think it was like 20 bucks at Walmart. And if you're like me and you're a, a Sonic kid and not a Mario kid, um, check it out. It's, it's a good time. Sonic Mania? Sonic Mania. Okay. Is the name of it. And like I said, you can, so you can play it where you don't have to save it. You can, and there's a lot of slots for auto saving. Um, it's a lot of slots, huh? A lot of slots, a lot of loose slots running around. Uh, it, it is a lot of fun. Like it takes you back. And then it's like, he's got all the same characteristics he had in the video game, where if you don't do anything for a while, he crosses his arm and taps his foot. Um, you can play in a dual mode where you have tails with you and you're not like, you don't control tails, but he's still like hitting enemies and helping you collect rings and stuff like that. And if you fall off of something, he does catch you and, do his little tail spinny thing and take you back up so if you fall he will catch you he'll be waiting (laughs) time after time time after time anyway sonic mania check it out it's all right good time well there you go those are our picks for games you should play of the video and board and card and dice variety um, plenty of stuff to keep you occupied. So let us know what games you think we should be playing. Um, recommend some stuff to us, and maybe it'll make our next staff picks. But until next time, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert.